start spreading the news, the news, the news, the news. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. New York, I love you, I love New York. going on people welcome to another episode of the off the ball podcast with me your host chris lebron i am the owner of the off the ball network as well and we are live on youtube we're on facebook we're on everything right now so make sure to follow on facebook retweet on twitter and and, uh, give us a sub on on youtube Uh, we're trying to get to that 300 market and continue to grow today we got a great great show on deck for you guys so uh sit back enjoy uh we're gonna dive into everything nba the offseason has been obviously crazy we're gonna talk about everything in free agency uh, i got a couple great guys i mean so we're gonna discuss our favorite moves our least favorite moves you know is katie going to return to brooklyn is spider going to the knicks the knicks are finally gonna get their start all right, and we're going to discuss uh, my, my guys' team. So we're going to talk San Antonio Spurs. Are they in tank mode? Are the Spurs tanking with our luck? With, with, their, with the red luck, they'll get the number one pick again. And we'll talk Miami Heat in the future. And we'll talk, of course, we're going to talk some New York Knicks. But let me introduce my special, special guest on today's show. And like I said, today's show is going to be a great one. Um, so my guest, the VP of the Off the Ball Network, they call him Solo Cup Mo. Mo Murphy up in flames. What's good, baby? Hey, what's going on, bro? You know, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a, it's been a minute since we did a show together. Um, but obviously, being able to talk Knicks, Heat, Spurs, off season, like I, I had to make an appearance on your show, bro. It's been a while, so I, I'm glad to be back on here. Round of applause. <laughs> and the guy who probably would get the most booze. <laughs> <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Walker Bailey. What's up, Walker? No. <laughs> oh, they continue. No. The booze are not stopping, no, Walker. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Uh, just kind of toughing it out. Anytime I can get on and talk, uh, talk a little bit of Spurs, and then just talk the league in general. It's a, 
it's an opportunity, so I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, the Spurs projected for 23 and a half wins, and that's 23 and a half too many for my taste. So, <laughs> and yes, we're going to talk. We're going to dive into the Spurs and and what the future is. Uh, they they made some moves this offseason, and uh, obviously we're going to talk Miami. We're going to get to Nick. So let's get right into it. Obviously, free agency has come. It's it's obviously it's simmered down, but we had some crazy crazy stuff going on. Um, trades, trade demands, and all that. Um, so let's get right into it, guys. Mo, you go first. Give me a move. What, what's what's been your favorite move so far of this offseason? Whether it's trade, whether it's uh, an extension, whether it's a, a, a signing um, that you like the most this offseason, and then give me one that you just like. You just perplexed, like Yo, what they did that. So all right, so. I really haven't been a huge fan of a lot of moves because I feel like people have overpaid, over trade Minnesota. For instance, I mean, they gave up everything for Rudy Gobert. And like last time I checked, Rudy Gobert isn't Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. But I mean, what I loved is that everybody's getting paid. Everybody's eating. I mean, Zion signed a crazy extension. And he's played, what, basically a full season in, in three years, essentially. John Morant got fed a full plate. Devin Booker, like, really, I think the biggest winners is the young guys, bro. Like, all the guys who haven't even entered their prime yet, the type of money they're making, uh, and, and including Nikola Jokic. Like, and I know it's been a lot of backlash for a lot of these guys getting paid, right? Because they're like, well, you know, um, they, they haven't won anything. Why should they get paid? But it's like, bro, that's the cost of doing business. Like, you don't get paid based on team success. You get paid based on individual performance. And so all these guys that got paid, maybe outside of Zion, but you pay them on projection and you're a small market and you understand if you was a hesitated signing Zion to that extension that, you know, he would have left, obviously, and he would have went to a bigger market. Like, he's not staying in New Orleans if he doesn't feel wanted. And the minute he would have not felt wanted, he'd have been like, all right, cool. I'm not I'm not resigning and I'll go somewhere else. I'll even play my year out with the restricted free agent. I'll let y'all match the offer a la DeAndre Ayton, but I'll end up dipping at some point. So um, I just, for me, like the offseason was all about the young guys. Like it's just the Devin Booker, John Morant, everybody. But if I talk about just acquisitions, I'm a huge fan of the DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks. Um I think it makes a lot of sense. I think you're going to be able to – I think Trey Young's going to benefit with having a guy play alongside him that can distribute the ball, have Trey Young play some off ball. Like, I think that's going to help the growth of Trey Young. And, like, you know, coming into the league, we knew it wasn't Steph, but we always look to compare a guy to the, the great before them. Mm -hmm. And so Trey Young is the most comparable to Stephen Curry. And so – I think with him being able to have an opportunity to learn the off-ball aspect that makes Steph as well so dangerous because we know Steph with the ball in his hands is arguably the most dangerous player in the league. But what adds to it is Steph can play off the ball, come off screens, get every shot he wants no matter what kind of defense you play. He will always go to state, will always find a way to get him open. I think Atlanta can start doing the same thing. But I think the DeJounte Murray and Trey Young is like, I mean, what is that, a top? three backcourt in the conference, maybe even like, I think it's by the end of the year, we're talking about they're a top 
three backcourt in the league, period, point blank. So as far as moves go, I think the DeJounte Murray to Atlanta is the one that really sticks out to me as far as it makes sense. I don't feel like they necessarily overpaid to get DeJounte Murray. And it also showed that Atlanta is committed to building around Trey Young and trying to get back to form of that team that made it to the Easter Conference Finals, whether you think it was valid or not. They 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 committed to improving. They committed to making their star happy uh, in, in, you know, satisfying Trey Young and making sure that, like, hey, we're dedicated to you and we're trying to make moves uh, for us to put you in the best position to be a winner. So I think the DeJounte Murray trade is the one that stands out that like, there's not a lot of moves I love, but I did love that one. Like that, that's definitely one. And I hate to say it because not only are they in the same conference, but they're in the same division as the Miami heat. But you know, you got to give credit when credit is due and Atlanta did what they had to do to get a guy like DeJounte Murray. Like, and they didn't even hesitate the minute it was an opportunity for them to get DeJounte Murray. They, they got to the drawing board. Got got what they needed to do. Called San Antonio. Hey, what's it going to cost? And they paid the cost. So, you know, shout yeah. out to Atlanta for making the immediate move. I mean, that was one of the groundbreaking moves before any big time free agent signings happened, anyways. Yeah, and you mentioned you know uh, De, uh, Dejounte, you know, you know, playing off the ball with Trey Young and all that, and that's the one thing Nate McMillan had really stressed, like with Trey, like they're working on that aspect. Like you said, he gets a lot of of Steph comps, but what does Steph do the best? He plays best, no pun intended, off the ball. And yeah. that's what you want to see with, you know, now you got two guys who can handle the rock like that. You know, someone's going to, you know, Trey all playing off the ball, you know, is going to be key in that. And um, so obviously that's a huge trade that happened and that impacts, you know, Walker, your San Antonio Spurs. So first talk to me about that move. How did you feel about it? Did you think it was a good move? Did you get it? Did you feel like the Spurs got a good return? Because the Spurs, so just to go over that that deal, and it happened June 30th. Um, obviously, DeJounte goes to the Hawks uh, in, in return. Danilo Gallinari, who wound up being waived, is now with the Boston Celtics. A 2003 first round pick that was from like eight different teams, it felt like that pick. Uh, 2025 first round pick, a 26 pick swap, and then a 2027 first round pick. So three, three first and a, and a swap. So uh walker how did you feel about that move yeah i mean i felt like it was necessary i felt like they got a fair return i mean we've talked about this a lot um you know in order for the i mean you're playing to win a championship and could the spurs have built something around Dejounte to potentially be better than they were yes but there was no path for them with Dejounte murray to win a championship not and not and not anytime soon. I mean, it just it involves superstars and a Dejounte Murray is not that, and b you're not acquiring that through free agency or trade because a we they didn't really before last week have the pick haul to do that, um, and then they really didn't. They can't sign for agents, so I thought I thought it was necessary. It is what it is. Uh, I thought it was good. I think it was one of those rare trades where, you know, you come out and you're like, oh, yeah, both parties did really well. Because now, you know, the Spurs get to wait for those picks, uh, the Atlanta picks to convey until, you know, Trey, Trey and DeJounte are both older. You know, they're both getting closer to 30. Maybe they've split up. Maybe Trey's gone somewhere else. Who knows? It's far enough away where the variance there, um, the variance there in terms of Atlanta's team building could come into play and who knows what those are going to look like. And they're completely unprotected, so that's always yes. a win. That's always that's a win. That is a win. That is a win. So 
you know, we'll see on the 2023 first, you know, it came from the Hornets. Uh, it's protected one through 16, uh, which the Hornets are probably going to be right on that number. Like that feels pretty close to right around where they're going to be. So um, we'll see whether or not that conveys. I think it's protected, protected one through 16 and 23, one through 16 and 24. And then if it hasn't conveyed by 25, it turns into two second round picks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just, you hope the Hornets win so you can pull that mid, you know, middle of the first round first and get an extra one. But I mean, I thought it was necessary from the Spurs. I honestly don't think the Spurs have gone far enough to tear this thing down. So I think they need to go a step further. Um, I think Jakob Pertle needs to be on a new team by training camp. Um, if it were me, Keldon Johnson would be on a new team by training camp, but that's not an option. Anymore, that's, so. uh, hey, Keldon Johnson just got what four years, eighty million dollars. Yeah, so, four for uh, eighty, that, and and that's yeah. a fair that's a fair value for what he is likely going to be. But um, and the more I've thought about it, the more it makes sense. But from the Dejounte trade, I thought it was necessary. And if I'm the Spurs, I mean, you're already projected to be the worst team in the NBA. So if I mean, you may as well continue to tear it down and. Uh, you know, now with the way the draft lottery works, you really just have to get in that top three to have a chance. So, yeah. um, you know, there's no benefit to finishing, you know, with the worst record or the second worst record or whatever else. You're not any more likely to finish one if you finish worse than if you finish third worst. So the goal is just to be one of the three worst teams in the league. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that they're I think they're in pole position for that. So and I think that's necessary. They have to find a way to draft stars. Um, yes. Whether it's we talked about that a lot, right? With that, you guys have a lot of good young players, and it's kind of like with my team too, with the Knicks. Like we got some good young pieces, but you need that in order to have success in this league. You need stars. You need at least a star that can, can that is transcendent. Yeah, and, and the Spurs I don't, don't have that. You're not gonna, and even if they draft, you know, a superstar, it's gonna be hard to recruit people to San Antonio, even with the no income yes. tax and all that different stuff. Um, but you know, I think if you, I think if you're bad for, because you I mean, keep in mind, if they draft whoever the next big thing is, first, second overall next year, he's not going to jump in and immediately impact winning in a way that you're going to immediately be good in 2024. So there's a chance that you can pair multiple of those guys, and when you're a competent drafting organization the way the Spurs are, mm-hmm. that's something you can do. Um, and then you have a chance in the later first rounds where if you want to let some of these guys walk that can't prove themselves, you can try to fill the rest of your roster in the late first round, and there's no pressure on you to add stars. So uh, Because you've already done that in the with your own pick, which you <laughs> secured by being the worst team in the league. Yeah. So that's the goal. I think that's what they're shooting for. Um, you know, I think the goal is probably three years of this, three three years of the tanking stuff, and then uh, and then probably build from there. So we'll see. So give me a a, a winner and a, and a loser from this free agency. I thought a, I thought an underrated move and one that makes a lot of sense. I thought the KCP going to Denver made a ton of sense. Um, you know that was a team that really lacked defensive prowess pretty much everywhere, and I thought that KCP, who you know shot well from three and can guard pretty much the other team's best player anywhere one through three is going to be something that helps Denver a lot. It's going to allow them to hide their better or hide their better offensive players uh, in that starting lineup. Uh, You know, they lost Will Barton, but you know, again, I think I thought the KCP move made a ton of sense for Denver. I thought they got better. I mean, it's not the type of move that wins you a championship, but it's the type of move that maybe increases your regular season win total by like three or four, just simply on the fact that you can guard guard other teams now. So we'll see. 
I I thought, but that was one that I immediately thought I liked from a trade perspective, and then free agency perspective, I was pretty much gonna like wherever Tyus Jones ended up with whatever he yeah, got. Yeah, we we talked about him a lot, especially in the yeah. And I thought I thought Memphis securing him for less than fifteen million a year was a major win. Uh, you know, it's basically a an insurance policy. If anything ever happens to Ja, it keeps you competitive. And if you know Ja's healthy, then it allows Tyus to run your second unit, and you have the best second unit point guard in the league. So yes, that's always a plus, always a positive. So yeah, and like you said, but Ja's missed some time. He missed a lot of time yeah. last year. And if imagine if they didn't have Tyus Jones last year, like things could yeah. have went off the rails. But you have that security blanket and Tyus. No, okay, he's not. Obviously, he's not John Morant at all. But he, I think he had one of the highest, you know, assist to turnover ratios in NBA history. So he's safe with the ball. He's not going to turn the ball over. All right. So, like I said, he's not going to do what Ja does, but he's not going to 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 mess it up for you. Like for for a few games, him being the starter, that's that's good. And what they got my two years, I think like thirty million dollars. That's good insurance. That's a good insurance. And that that might have been the biggest move they made. They I know they re-signed Ja to the supermax and all that, but getting Tyus Jones back was it because that's not easy to find a backup point guard of Tyus Jones caliber there you know there's not a lot of Tyus Jones out there so to get him back on on a good deal that to me that was that was a good move good move for them um but uh were there any other were there extensions that you guys were like and I have one and I'm going to talk about this guy. I think we all have the same yeah. one. I think we all have the same one. But I, I'm I'm going to talk about Bradley Beal and Mo. We yeah, that was about, that's where I was going. All right. So Bradley Beal, three ups, five years, two hundred and fifty-one million dollars. Like that's a lot of money. I think only once he's gotten out of the first round, I believe, and that was when they had Paul Pierce on the team. <laughs> so like it's been a while since he's done a lot and listen i'm all for i'm player empowerment play all this get your money all that good for him that he's that he got that deal but the man and a no trade clause that doesn't happen i i could think it's a handful of times maybe a little bit more you count my toes too that guys have gotten no trade clauses in there not kd don't even have, I, I thought kd had one just because he's that great i'm like of course he has one he doesn't even have one so, like, Bradley Beal, like, he's getting paid as if he is the guy. He is the he's the high, oh, he's the highest played player in the league, right? Nah, Jokic got him. Jokic got him. Okay, but he's there. He's up there, right? Yeah. I think that's absolutely crazy that a guy like that is getting this much money. And I understand Washington's perspective. You just you want to be relevant. You have to keep your guy. He's homegrown. Blah, 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 blah. I don't. I I think that's absolutely crazy to give him that much money. He he has obviously he's a bucket. We all know that he got game, but he's he's dirty. The impact for me, I, I don't think think of him as a true number one impact guy that's gonna get you on the ball on his back, get you to the at least a second or you know all conference finals. This is not. I mean, they struggled with him being the guy lately. It's, it's like I just don't get. Like, why? <laughs> why they have felt they need to do it? Because all this, they're going to regret it. They probably regret it already. I just don't get why teams do this stuff. They automatically, they're going to regret it immediately. And it just caps, it just, it just, it caps you out. And it's not like, all right, we re-signed them and we got all these pieces. Oh, we, we could at least get to the second round. 
they might not even they may beat me a playing team maybe 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 i'm just saying at best maybe a playing team that's it this is an expensive roster to be a playing hey, they got cape they got porzingis too like they got a bunch of content like oh my god whoa, whoa. like i don't get why team like like if they had said you know a brad that's we're just not gonna we don't think it i would have been cool with that i think they i think t- too many teams feel like they're they're forced into having to give these guys these crazy max deals because they don't want to be they don't want to be the team that lets them go blah 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 like they should have thought about trading this man because giving them that much money is, is insane like they they were just better off just blowing it up and just starting fresh and, and just trying to go there I, I don't know i don't know how you guys feel to talk about it. i think you guys maybe think how i'm thinking but that max i mean dame too dame got two years and like 700 million dollars i think that's absurd i love dame uh, but uh, that, this is absurd guys it's crazy and it's only going to get worse it's, it's only going to get worse that, you know it's because these teams that aren't primary free agent destinations want to do right by their own guys and and so that way like it doesn't send a message to the league necessarily but it also like that's kind of the goal it doesn't it sends the message to the league that if you perform then you'll get paid and that's attractive to some people and i guess that's part of it like you pay your guys. It sends a message to the locker room. If you perform, then you're going to get paid. You treat your people the right way. But there comes a point where treating your people the right way interferes with your business goals, and I think that's where we got to here. It's and, business, and it's just a business. And I, I tend to – I know a lot of people tend not to bring the business side. I don't care. I, I, I always think about business. And the Washington Wizards as a business, this is not a good business move. It is not a good business move. I would just rather just, hey, let's just blow this thing up because we're going to be in purgatory. We're going to be in purgatory and then have him on the books for the next four to five years. And he has a no trade clause. So even if we want to trade him, guess what? We can't. If we if we want to trade him to Sacramento, he, and because they give us the best offer, they're going to give us Keegan Murray and and, and Davion Mitchell and all this. We can't. Well, that's the type now of we gotta Now we got to send him to a team he wants to go to and may not get the assets we want. So now you just... They, they could have gave him the deal. Okay, whatever. I don't think that's good. But then they gave him a no trade clause. Yeah, that's insane. That, that's that's where I was like, like, oh, this is horrible. They, they're gonna they they probably regret it already. They regret it. They have to. This is all hard. That's that the type of deal. Crazy. That's the type of deal you really are gonna like. If you don't regret it now, you're gonna regret it when he can't create separation at age 33. And you but and he struggled last year. Remember, Dame, Dame, Harden, um. Beal, beginning of the year, they were all struggling. Remember the new rule changes and all that? They were yeah. struggling. Brad was shooting like 23% from three, averaging like 21, shooting like high 30s at one point. Like they were, and Trey Young, too. Those guys were struggling. And he's injury prone, missed a lot of season. Like they look better sometimes without him. No, <laughs> you know, but it's like, oh, let's give him $251 million because we need a face of the franchise. But we, 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 this, like, even though it makes horrible business sense. I, you know, I'm not trying to crap on Beal. Good, you get your money. Good for him. Here's that's another thing, too. But here's from a business perspective, something that a lot of people don't think about is that, and I'm not saying the, the Wizards have bad owners, but I'm saying that when you have owners that all they care about is selling jerseys and selling tickets from a business perspective in terms of lining their own pockets, a Bradley Beal type person who is the face of a franchise is necessary in order to make those levels of moves. 
So if you have owners that aren't committed to winning, and I'm not, and I don't know that they do or don't, but if that's the case, then from a business decision standpoint, the Wizards ownership looks as this looks at this as a good business decision because they're going to make a ton of money off of Bradley Beal jerseys, t-shirts, see probably some ticket sales because people are going to come watch him play and they'd rather go through that and try to build around him, which is a bad idea. Uh, then be horrible and make no money for the next few years. And like, so that's from a business standpoint, a lot of times, like you'll have bad owners look at stuff that way. It's like, you know, do I really care if we win a championship or not? If I get the multi-million dollar check to put in my bank account at the end of the year, like, so, I mean, and you run into that problem, man. And for, and it's not just in basketball, it's in every sport, but, um, but here, I mean, there's certainly owners that are like that. And, um, so I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not familiar. I don't even know who owns the Wizards. But, I mean, that's another way that you could look at it where, you know, an owner comes down and tells a GM that he's got to make that offer. I mean, it's. I mean, the way that, that typically goes is you make that offer, I'm going to find someone who will. So, you know, you uh, Ted Leonis, I think he owns the um... – I think he owns the hockey team. What's the hockey team called again? The Capitals. Uh, the Capitals? Yeah, I think he owns the Capitals too. But uh, and he's been low. I, I think if this is the same, uh, I don't think this is the same owner that like with Gilbert Reese that because Gilbert had mentioned like the low. I could be the different owner, but but just I don't know. Mo Mo, how you? Ah man, you know how I feel about this. How, how you feel about this whole Brad so you know, um, extension? So y'all know where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a different angle than y'all are. I'm not focused on the money. I don't care if Washington decided to pay him what they paid him. Hey, do what you got to do. Small markets got to overpay for guys, you know, to keep the guys there or else they go somewhere else. But here's my message. Damian Lillard, Bradley Bill, shut up. Don't say nothing else about wanting, winning is the most important thing to you. I don't want to hear nothing about it because you talked and then your actions told me that it's about the bag, which is okay. I I have no problem with Dame signing the two years, $121 million, making $60 million a year. Get the money. Dame Lillard going to make almost as much as LeBron as far as contract earnings, when his by the time his his uh, extension kicks in, I have no problem with that. The problem I have is that Dame tries to crap on everybody who bounces around or goes to another team to seek a championship and does that or comes very close. Chris Paul kind of bounced around the past couple of years, been in OKC, been in Houston, been in Phoenix. Chris Paul also carried a team that had no business being in the playoffs to the playoffs, seven-game series first round. Chris Paul goes to a team who hadn't been to the playoffs, takes them to the NBA Finals. LeBron James has bounced around, won a championship everywhere he's went. Uh, Who else has bounced around? I mean, if you want to talk about Jimmy Butler, left Chicago, went to Miami, has been to NBA Finals, has been to two conference finals, and has been to NBA Finals. Whether you want to validate it because it's in the bubble or not, doesn't matter. It's still more than what Dame has done. Uh, So I don't care about validation, but you get on here and you tell us that winning is the most important thing. I want to win more than anything. And then when it's time for you to make the decision for yourself, who gives me the best opportunity to win? You sign those big contracts. 
I have, like I said, I don't come from a place where I'm upset with Bradley Bill signing for five years, 250, because I'm going to be honest. I did the same thing. I ain't upset with Dame extending two years, $120 million, $60 million a year. I would have did the same thing. So I'm not upset from the money standpoint and get your money, change your family's life. You, 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 you good for generations. It's generational wealth is what we call it. And I'm all for that. But do not tell me how important winning is to you when you make the move to show me that you don't care about winning. Yes, it will mean everything to Dame to win the championship in Portland. Let's project the next five years. Portland ain't winning a thing. They are a borderline play. They are a playing team right now as we speak. I don't care that they got Jeremy Grant. I don't care about none of the moves they make. They are a play-in team next year. If they're lucky, they're a five seed. And I'm talking about super luck. There's got to be a lot of injuries that happen. So they are a play-in team at best, and I think they're a nine or ten as opposed to seven or eight. But you keep telling me, winning. And then Dame, where he pisses me off is he makes these rap, you know, he makes his albums and he gets on these platforms and he talks about everybody bouncing around and I'm loyal to the soil. That's his thing, right? Like loyal to the soil is Dame's kind of slogan. I know we it's been around for a while, but Dame embraced the loyal to the soil slogan. And then you sign that deal. And I get it. Like you could have rode your contract out and been a free agent. I get it. But here's my thing. Don't tell me you want to win and then you don't make the winning move. You should have asked that if winning was the most important thing to you, if winning a championship, there is no right way to do it no more. The right way is if I can't do it here, I'm going to find somewhere to go to do it. That's the right way now. A lot of, t- and I know Golden State and Boston have built within, and but like everybody else is like, okay, maybe it's not superstars joined together. I do get that, but it's like, it's not going to happen in Portland. Like Golden State has built it for years to the point where they're at right now. Damian Lillard ain't, he ain't got enough time on his clock for a rebuild. Like you can't rebuild Portland around Dame. Dame's what, 33 years old, 34? Like you can't, you can't even rebuild. 32. He's 32. He's, it'll be 33 next season. So you yeah. can't even rebuild around Dame. Like you don't rebuild around a 33 year old, 32, 33 year old, period, point blank. Like you rebuild around a Bradley Bill. Like you could rebuild in Washington. Around Bradley Bill, I don't think that's a championship, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, he's yeah, entering yeah. his prime. You could rebuild around him. That's my only problem is they've, they've got, they've told all of us that winning is the most important thing. Bradley Bill told it so much, he almost had us convinced that he was leaving because he, he, imbi- he put it in our minds so much that winning was so important. And so all of us would say, well, you ain't going to do it in Washington, so you must be leaving. Like, that's yeah. everybody's takeaway from all that. And then he signs that deal. Get your money, bro. I ain't mad at you, but I don't want to hear nothing about winning the most important thing to you at this point. Even if you're like, I want to win in Washington, you're not going to win in Washington. The Wizards ain't been title contenders in my lifetime, period, point blank. They've been a playoff team. It might could win a series. I don't even think the Wizards have made a, a conference finals in my lifetime, let alone been a contender. No, they no won they the first but just, made a just think about think about this, this, this deal. It's it's five years, two hundred fifty one million dollars. The annual, it averages out to fifty million dollars a year. Washington had to do it though; like they either had to do it or let him at, walk. Yeah, at thirty-three years old, like I said, we also he has a uh, a no trade clause, right? Uh, and it's a uh, the last year is a player option, but he's not declining that. Let's just say he, he's going to accept that because it's at fifty-seven million dollars. <laughs> so most likely, 
he's going to to opt into that. So you're going to have him under contract for five more years. And listen, get your of course, get your money, bro. Get as much money as out. humanly possible. But unless his play is any else, and with the, he has a fifty percent uh, uh, trade kicker too. So if he does get traded, he's just gonna get more money. So yeah, it, 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 it's crazy. It, it's great unless he's unless the plan is all right. Get, I'm gonna get my money. I'm gonna go do this for a year, Zach. But I just feel like you're just—I have a problem with wasting that, years. So. You're wasting years. Like you're I don't even be care about wasting years. If he did, if he signed it and got the bag and plans on asking out, I have a problem with that too. And I, and I think Adam Silva has spoken on it, where they got to figure it out. And I know the players aren't going to fully agree with that, but like if his intentions weren't to stay in Washington for five years, and you can't project the next five years, but if you yeah. sign that contract with intentions of like. All right, I'm gonna thug it out for two more years here, and then I'm gonna ask out. Like, I have a problem with that too, because like, at the same time, like, I'm players don't owe organizations anything. Organizations don't owe players anything. To be honest, like, at the end of the day, there's the type of stature that you have to build for organization to owe you the loyalty, and that's the Stephs and Tim Duncan's and Kobe Bryant's of the world. Like, I don't even think organizations owe LeBron James because he stays there through a contract and he probably dips anyway. So they don't even owe LeBron like that's Steph, Duncan, Kobe, magic type players, guys who are lifers at those organizations and playing through their prime. That's when you owe them on the back end or whatever. Um, even Miami like felt like they owed D Wade or whatever. And that's why D Wade left because they didn't give him what he felt like they owed him with him. Supposed to supposed to have been a heat lifer, but bro, if you sign that contract with intentions of like, oh, I'm going to give it a year or two and then I'm going to ask out, I think that's BS too. Like I, like, I don't think that should be happening. Like, if you sign a five-year deal, I think obligated as a, you can't request a trade until after year three, going into year four. And the reason I say that, now if the, if the, if the organization decides to trade you, trade, trade you, okay, but they should have all the say. So if you're going to sign five years, because that fifth year is a player option. So essentially trading you going into year four of your contract, you could opt out. Most people don't because they probably don't have the same value in year five that they do, but you should, you can't request a trade. You can't ask out for three years because that fourth year is like, okay, well, he does have a player option. He could opt out if he's really that unsatisfied, but if he requests a trade, we could trade him to save those organizations like Washington. We're like, all right, we don't allow him to look. We don't allow him to walk for nothing. But at the same time, like, we get as much as we can out of him. All right, it's year four. He's not going to decline the play option, but we'll get him out of here. We'll do him a due diligence, and we don't lose him for nothing. But if you sign a five-year deal, I think you should have to play three years without requesting a trade. What the organization decides to do, all right, if they decide to trade you, because somebody could call and be like, hey, we'll give you this, this, and this, a, a, a deal for Bradley Bill that you can't turn down. But... To ask out, like if he asks out after next year, I lose all respect. I've already lost respect, but I'll lose all respect if he asks because I'll be like, okay, he went to the bag, but then put winning and he he basically finessed the system where he's like, okay, I'm gonna get my bag, I'm gonna play here for a year, but all in all, winning is the most important thing to me, but not at the expense of my money. So I'm gonna screw the wizards over by signing this deal and then making my contract where some people might think it's untradeable or whatever, or you'll screw the next team over that you want to play for because having to make up for $50 million. I mean, you're trading two, three players off the rip just to match salaries. Like that's three players gone just to match salaries, let alone now we're talking about draft picks and another player or two for it to, for it to be worth my while if I'm the Washington Wizards. So I don't know, bro. I just, if, if you want to get the bag and you want to make $500 million, 
by the end of your career and you sign for a quarter billion dollars, do that. But don't tell me winning is the most important thing. Yeah. And I think that's something we're going to see in the next collective bargaining agreement. And we should. I really think and, we should. I think and AD, I, I, be four years. I believe like they can terminate it uh, by the end of this year. But I, I know it ends uh, the end of the next NBA uh, season. So 23, 24. Something's got to give, right? I think that the owners are kind of getting tired of the the players running stuff, and, and there's got to be some type of middle ground, right? There's got to be some type of okay, yeah, yeah. I just can't just sign new contracts and be like I'm out, like K, the KD situation essentially, right? He he signed a four year deal and then he's like I right, I want out, and it's like okay, it's one thing if you had a year left on your deal. This is me thinking, talking as the owner. It's one thing if you had a year left in your deal and, you know, things aren't going the way, you know, but you got, dude, you're trying a four-year extension. <laughs> you like, got four years left. Like, you got four years, years left. Like, and I think this is the, 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 where it kicks in, right? This is the start of the four-year yeah. extension. So, like, dude, like, <laughs> we got four years of this. Like, uh, you signed the contract. And, and I get that aspect. Uh, Walker, how do you feel about, like, all that, like, Cause like I said, the CBA, this has been a hot thing going on with the CBA and, and we didn't even have this plan to talk about it, but this is very interesting. And like I said, the CBA is coming up. Um, I think they could terminate it this year. I think they have to like November, December, um, let me get exactly. Uh, let me read off exactly. The NBA's current collective bargaining agreement um, began 2017, 2018. It runs through 23, 24 season ending uh, June 30th, 24. Both the NBA and the players Association can terminate the CBA of June 30th of next uh, of uh, 2023. If either NBA, if either the NBA or the Players Association wants to terminate the CBA, they have to do it by December 15th of this year. What's what do you think is going to be, you know, um, the big thing with that? I think I mean, I think the league and the owners are going to be I mean, at some point, it's at some point, it's not worth it for them to, you know, trade players anymore. It's okay. You know what? You signed a deal. You're gonna hang out here for however many years until, and you're yeah. just done. Like you know, you're just done. Because I mean, it's just you see so many players, and like Katie's the latest. I mean, they'll it's they'll sign for the bag, and it's like, all right, I got my bag now. I'm gonna request a trade, and now I'm gonna go compete for a championship, and I care about winning. And so many franchises are becoming victims of that. I mean, I think to an extent we're seeing Utah a little bit of it. I mean, um, that's what happened in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was doing everything the way, like I think most teams want to do it. Right. Like, and cause they got screwed with the trade from the previous regime and all that, but they kind of build the back up because some good, they got DeAndre Russell, some good young player. They got the picks and all they finally got their picks back in order. And then they had opportunity to get KD and Kyrie and they, and they, you know, they tried it didn't work and now it's like whoa and then they got off oh, i totally forgot about james harden they went and got trade james harden trade all their picks so and now everything and they went, went ben simmons like they and, they got got ben, and everything went think. to everyone everything went to shit and now they're like oh now we're now we're kind of screwed because we can't it's not like we, oh, we'll just trade kd whatever and we'll tank no we can't tank because guess what houston has our pick so even if we do tank and we lose 65 games get the number one pick it goes to houston so like they're in a like that's a crappy like so they're they're trying to figure it out but they're like, I don't think like we get for you the contract and you now you want out like <laughs> I don't think and I don't think in the next CBA that the NBA is going to be like cool with 
you know, especially the way James Harden went about things. It's like, all right, I requested my trade and you didn't trade me. All right, I'm going to come in fat as shit. That that has to change. Like, that, that was just the type of stuff. I like, I mean, you're cratering organizations like that. You're cratering teams. And um, and that's just not the way that the league's going to work. Like, I mean, you can go in. If you want to request a trade, that's fine. But, I mean, there's got to be something beyond, like, because, you know, to these guys, docking them a couple hundred thousand dollars. It's that's nothing. nothing. It's <laughs> it nothing. Does. Like, they'll it, write it, the check. Like, and I think as long as that's the only punishment that's there for those type of guys, nothing's ever going to change. And, like, it's like I tell oh. people all the time. Like, the players, the players, and they don't seem to get, get and understand this, but, like, the player movement was great. But the player movement is also why we just witnessed some of the worst playoff basketball we've seen in a really long time. Like – that's why the postseason was so full of blowouts was because of these yeah, because of these players of moving around and doing all this type of stuff and like so like they think they're doing what's best and for them it's a competitive thing but what they don't realize is what they're doing is further cratering the competitive balance of the league and also making the product a worse product. So yes, yeah, and if that's what they want, if that's what they want for their league. If that's what they want, if that's what they want to do, then go for it. But I don't think the league is going to go for that, and so. I think that's why in the next CBA, like, I mean, I think, you know, in CBA negotiations in all sports, there's there's things that each side cares about very dearly and they're not mm-hmm. willing to budge on and then they'll compromise on a lot of the rest of the stuff. I think this is one of those things that the league is going to be like, no, nah, like we're we're fixing this. This is not going to continue. Yeah, to be yeah they, they, something's got to change. Something's got to change and uh, we'll see what happens. Um uh, I know Mo, we don't we don't have you for too much longer, but I want to get into another big trade we saw this offseason. And that was Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I mean, talk about talk about a haul. Talk about a haul. I'm, I'm gonna pull up the trade, see if I can get it up. Um, but it was a a a trade unlike we've we, we've rarely seen. So obviously Rudy Gobert is traded from the Utah Jazz to uh the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they just got Rudy Gobert. They gave him Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bomero, Walker Klesser, who they took in the first, uh, who was a first round pick, Jared Vanderbilt, and four picks and a pick swap. First first round picks and a pick swap. One of those first round picks is nothing of substance. It's just draft picks, basically. It's it's just a bunch of draft picks and then like some some role players or that. But it was it's a lot for a guy of Rudy. Now obviously Rudy Gobert is a what a three time uh, defensive player play of the year and you know what he he's uh definitely a, a very good player but it was a lot for a guy who's probably what like a tier three type of you know nba player you know not quite a superstar but you know well, uh, that's, the knicks but he, are, he got traded from, as if he was a superstar yeah. well the knicks are really pissed at the timberwolves and right? and a and a re and it messes up the trademark for and you know right after this we're gonna talk about the knicks and donovan mitchell like where we're talking now you you're hearing eight first round picks you know minimum five you know so that trade kind of you know just turned heads when it happened so mo you go first how do you feel about the rudy gobert trade and and, you know everything involved that because it was one of the 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 wildest trades we've ever seen um i mean i think it benefits Minnesota, in a sense, just like you could kind of move Cat to the four now. Uh, he doesn't have to focus on back to the basket type of basketball. Cat kind of, thinks he's a cat thinks he's a wing. So yeah, at, so seven, I mean, at seven foot two fifty. So yeah, <laughs> with all them threes, also, he shoots. I mean, you know what was he shooting almost for, like in the high thirties from from the yeah. three point line? Like he he is a guy mm-hmm. who can play from outside in. So 
I think it benefits like, okay, he doesn't have to be that big man where he's got to play with his back to the basket in certain aspects. Um, but I don't even look at it from a Minnesota and Utah standpoint. I look at it from the rest of the league. And you think about who's available. Kyrie Irving's available. Donovan Mitchell is available. Kevin Durant is available. And who knows who will be available in the next coming weeks? Who knows who will be available in the next year or two? But that set the standard. Like, if Utah got this for Rudy Gobert, now you're like, okay, tier three guy, top 20 guy, you know, top five center, maybe top 20 guy, top five center. Uh, So they got this, and now we're talking about Kyrie Irving, who went on the court, what, one of the most talented guys with the ball in his hands, period, that you probably ever laid your eyes on. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, we're talking about, what, top three, four player in the league right now? Donovan Mitchell, we're talking about a top three guy at his position, top four. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, top five for sure, but I would say probably top three at his position right now, especially since some of the guys that were at the top of that position are aging out. So you're like, okay, Donovan Mitchell has more value because he's a guy who brings the ball up the floor. Like, he's a guard. So he has more value than Rudy Gobert to other teams. And you're seeing that now with the alleged... I mean, nothing has been substantial. We got beat riders and insiders that we listen to, but we can never confirm that what they're telling us is 100% accurate, right? Like, like yeah. what is his name? Ian Egley is like... He's almost like the voice of the Knicks, essentially. Like, if something's yeah, going Ian on... Begley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he speaks on it, like... As a Knicks fan, like, you're going to rock with it. Like, okay, he, he's the insider. He's the guy that he's our go-to guy when it comes to the Knicks stuff. And it's like the, the trade that he even talked about, I was like, we don't know if that's for sure, but, like, we're not going to shut down what he said because he's the guy. Like, I don't know. He knows. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I mean, we're talking about what? They were talking about four young guys and six first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. Like, and we're talking about guys who are kind of either important or have – projected role of importance going forward to the Knicks where we look at Minnesota and we're like, all right, Pat Bevers replaceable. All right, Jared Vanderbilt, decent young guy, but whatever. Like the, the players we don't even care about, but it set the standard that four players, five picks, five first round picks is what it costs to get Rudy Gobert. So now what do you think it's going to cost to get Donovan Mitchell? What do you think it's going? So it was a domino effect for the rest of the league. And I, I weigh the Rudy Gobert trade, to the Christian Kirk being signed for $18 million uh, by Jacksonville. I said, it's going to be a domino effect. Yeah, I yeah. think that's like, I literally think because it's all the other owners yeah. are like, are that's you a good comparison too? That's a really good comparison too. Yeah, the price on everybody else just went up. I mean, y'all remember when Christian Kirk signed the contract, I literally hit the group chat and I was like, the price just went up on Tyreek Hill. They, they were close to a deal until Christian Kirk signed that. Tyreek Hill would yeah. still be a chief if Christian Kirk did not yeah. sign for eighteen million dollars, and Brown so did Devontae. Adams. I was like, I was like, bro, Devontae Adams' price just went to twenty five easily. Everyone like we're starting AJ Brown at, signed five hundred million, so yeah, it, it reset it resets the market. So now, so now the Knicks are like owners are looking at their star player that they're looking at trading Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, whoever, and they're like, the price just went up. If that's KD's. what you just got for Rudy Gobert, if I'm Sean Marks, I'm like, well, I need six players and. Every draft pick you got until you bury your grave at this point, because we're yeah. talking about a top three guy. We're talking about a top 15 player of all time as opposed to yeah, yeah. We're talking about a top five. Average, he averaged 30, average 30 a game with your KD on like 50. Like he almost like he's a 50, 40, 90 type of player. Bro, we're player. talking about a top three guy, a top 15 player of all time who still has is playing at MVP caliber basketball. 
So he like was the, at one point this season, when before he was the, the next season, he was the front runner like, for the MVP. Exactly. Like, the season so went like, crazy. Talking about a guy who's playing at MVP level basketball, and because of what Rudy Gobert got, like I just look at, I don't really care about that trade. Doesn't affect me none on either side. It's just the the domino effect of like even like being a Miami Heat fan, like with the possibility of getting Donovan Mitchell, with the possibility of getting KD, like having our names put in there. I mean, we're in there every year, but. Knowing that, I'm like, well, we don't have a package now. Since the price went up on Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, we don't have a package. So once Rudy Gobert got traded, I said, well, that takes Miami out of essentially any guy we could trade for. I feel like our only hope we talked about at pre-show is like a Kyle Lowry for Kyrie Irving swap, which is something we heard floating around and thrown out there. But other than that, once that price went up on very expensive guys in the first place, I'm like, the Miami Heat can't compete with that. We can't give up five, six players and – five, six first-round picks, like, we just can't do it. Like, at that point, it's like, all right, we'll bring Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, and Bam, and then have what? Like, if we give up everything else, we'll have them and what? Like, all the free agents are gone. Like, free agency gone, so you – a lot of guys aren't even necessarily wait. Like, key pieces aren't waiting, but, oh, we could fill it with minimum – veteran minimum guys who are waiting to see what Kevin Durant does. No, you can't even do that. A lot of guys are already gone. So, it's like you're gutting your team and hoping that three and uh, G League guys – your big three and G League guys can win you a championship, and and that just won't happen. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And small, I want to get you, you know, on two more points before I let you go. Donovan Mitchell, Knicks, obviously that's heating up. What's your thoughts about the some of the packages we've heard about Utah wanting, and do you think Danny Ainge finesses another team and, and gets what he wants? Because we've seen it before. Do you think the Knicks pull the trigger? Do you feel like the Knicks are pressured because the bad season last year? Do they feel the, the pressure of having to get a star, you know, quote unquote, a star here? You know, CAA client. We all know the ties with yeah. Leon Rose and CAA and all that. Do you think? Just talk, talk to me about that before before you go about that that whole ordeal and then that trade potentially. So I come from a place where New York is the biggest market in sports that I've ever seen have to operate like a small market because people ain't going there. They need the initial star. I mean, we talked about this with signing Jalen Brunson. Like some people feel like he overpaid. Read, I'm in that category. Read the clip that. Um, whoever's watching, uh, Ken, are you watching? Clip that because I like that more. That was good. That's clip. Like but I really think so. Like I, I very well think that New York is, I mean, bro, they're what? The most expensive franchise in basketball, one of the most expensive franchises in sports, but they have to operate like a small market because they don't have a star for you to convince somebody else to come. So I think they have to get Donovan Mitchell. And, okay, if I get Donovan Mitchell, the proposed trade that, that we would be talking about was what? IQ, Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, OB Toppin, and six first-round picks. Which leaves your starting and either, and either like Derrick Rose or Fournier just to match the money. So yeah, to match the money. So, yeah. but that leaves your starting five is Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. That's a competent starting five, maybe six seed, even play in. But I think they'd be in the seven, eight as opposed to the nine or ten. East is very deep, so it's really a toss up yeah. between like six or seven teams on where they could be placed. But I think that puts them in a conversation with. They're in the same way. It's, it's them. It's Cleveland. It's, it's Charlotte. Uh, it's Atlanta. 
Like all those teams, like they're they're all in the conversation, and depending on how the season goes, injuries or whatever, could put them where they're they're on the high end of that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. But you have to get Donovan Mitchell. And I know that's not, like six first round picks is really insane. And that is in those four players, like you are going all in on Donovan Mitchell, but I would look at it like, okay, we'll be a good team this year. And then I look at it like 2023 free agency as of right now, guy, as of right now is projected to still be a really good free agency class. Granted, contract extensions can happen, but right now it's still projected to be a really good free agency class. And with already having that star, Donovan Mitchell isn't a superstar, but he's a three-time all-star. He's an all-star player. He averages, uh, what, he averaged 24, 25, 4, and 5 last year. So he's a guy, he could get you and he's a, a, he's a He's a player, and he plays big in playoff games. Yeah, and he's not the most efficient. Like, it does take a lot of shots, but, I mean, bro, we've seen all-time greats who score at a high clip take a lot of shots, but... So I don't efficiency is I, I take I value that, but at the same time, like I've seen guys be great and score inefficiently at the same time. Like, yeah, it took them 30 shots to score 30 points, but guess what? It worked and they won. So I look at Donovan Mitchell. I feel like the Knicks, man, I almost feel like they got to pull the trigger. Call me crazy. I'm not a Knicks fan, but you got to get Donovan Mitchell because y'all miss out. The Knicks miss out on every free agent. And I know they link every free agent, but every free agent that's linked to the Knicks sit down and have a meeting with the Knicks. I know it's also you do it for clicks and hey, if you bring up the New York media market, like it's going to get, but at the same time, like Kevin Durant met with New York. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he did meet with New York. So you can't say, oh, there was no chance. Like, well, if there was no chance, he went, the, the no chance was the teams he didn't sit down with. He sat down with New York. You remember when Gordon Hayward was a free agent? I know we look back now and it's like, who he even cares? He, he was, was a free, He was a big he was time. Almost a Nick. He sat down with the Knicks. He sat down with the Miami Heat. Like he sat down with the Boston Celtics. Like, so he was almost a Nick. Like, so you go to the guys who have meetings with the Knicks. They don't go. Why? Because they don't want to be that first star to go there and then have to play that recruiting role. Donovan Mitchell wouldn't have a choice. It's not free agency. He'd be getting traded for. Now he's the star. So now come next year or even two years from now, he plays that recruiting role. All right, I'm going to go get who wants to play with me. Like, I'm going to go get my guys. They're all friends, stuff like that. They have private conversations. He can tamper privately. And say like, oh, yeah, you know, that's my guy. Let me see if you want to come play over here. He's about to be a free agent. Hey, hey, make your way over here to New York. I just think guys are afraid to be that first star because if you don't get another one, it's like you're kind of all over again. Yeah, Mello, exactly. Mello all over again. It, it, exactly. And so for me, I think like he has to like for me, I think you have to do it. And I know that's a crazy package, but I, bro, at a certain point, like if you're a good team, first round picks don't matter anyway. Like yeah. being a Heat fan, do I, I don't care about first round picks. Like we're picking in the twenties anyway. Sometimes you find a gym, sometimes you don't. Like you know, you're a big draft guy. You and Walker, y'all feel like we might have found a gym. I'm gonna love, you know, as a Heat fan, I'm gonna love this guy. But that that type of guy doesn't necessarily drop or get deep undervalued every year. That's every few years, and then you're like, okay, he's a guy who fits perfectly with Miami. So if I'm the Knicks, I don't care about first round picks. I got eight of them. They're all tradable. You're not going to be a bad enough team where you're like, okay, you can be a lottery team, but you'll pick at 10. You're not, you don't have a bad enough roster right now to be the Spurs, the Pacers. Like you don't have that kind of bad yeah, roster yeah, to be a top no. three pick. That's, that's a good way that, to think You know about what I'm it. saying? So, mm -hmm. But like, if I can't tank, like you tanking means you tell Randall not to play. You tell Emmanuel quickly, like you're going to have to sit guys yeah, for yeah, a whole yeah. year to tank. You're too good to tank and you're not good enough to win a championship, go get that star and start build while he's entering his prime and build towards the future. No.
and 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 that was that's uh you made a good point you had actually had me thinking during that and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna talk about walker about but mo i know you gotta go i appreciate you coming on the show um you know definitely gonna we're gonna like we have more stuff talking about whatever all the craziness in the nba going on so thanks for coming on the show bro uh quick before you go tell people where they can find you yeah you can follow me at mo underscore cheese 15 on uh twitter you can follow me at Up and Flames Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Mo underscore Cheese 15 on TikTok. We're in the TikTok world. We're promoting yeah, no. TikTok now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can listen to Up Gen and Flames. Z, we, we, gotta, we gotta get with Gen Z, you know. You know, yeah, you, you know, know. I, 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 I concede <laughs> to the fact like I'm the old man in this new yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, world, and, and I gotta go ahead and promote it. Uh and then you can listen to Up and Flames anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever. Uh, but I appreciate you for having me on, bro. And I'll definitely I'll keep watching the show as I'm getting ready, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for hopping on, Mo. Uh, All right. But uh, Walker, Mo just brought up some good point about the Knicks and that. I think what's different between this one and like the Melo thing, because that's the trade that gets mentioned the most with this, right? You're giving up a mm-hmm. bunch of picks. I think what's could be it's a little different with this is like Melo came to the in that trade right from the Nuggets. And essentially, with no one else, like like Amari right. was there, but that's when Amari was getting the injuries, and we all knew Amari's knees were about to explode. It just happened a lot quicker than we anticipated, right? The, yeah. Everyone warned us, but we had to get the star because we struck out on LeBron and, and all these other guys: Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Joe Johnson, that that free agency of twenty ten. What would be different in this if we were to pull the Knicks were to pull that deal? Is that yes, you would give up a bunch of nice young pieces, you would give up trade you would give up uh, draft picks but you just re- you just signed brunson you have julius randall still on the team you would don't we won't have to give up rj barrett and you have mitchell robinson so i think if that does ha- and mo just got me thinking about that it's like okay yes we give it and i love draft i'm not that person who's like yo just trade back draft picks I- i'm i'm more on like you don't give up all your draft picks i think that's kind of crazy because that can come back to home especially when you're a team like that when you're like Things can be bad in like two years, and that looks really bad. Like one of those, like the trades, um, like one of those teams that I just, you know, things can be bad. Like we haven't shown the competence in twenty years, so like we could be bad in two years, and like now you now Utah has the number one pick for like back to back years. But like a part of me is like, okay, if we do pull this off, I'm not gonna be happy with all the picks. But it's like, all right, we still have a, we our team roster won't be good at like it was with the mellow thing. So just talk to me about that and then follow it up with the rudy stuff and how you felt about that trade because that was another trade i didn't get to we didn't get to speak to you about that so just talk to me about this the potential of that do you like it what should the knicks do what should utah acts and, and then follow up with, with the rudy stuff i don't know so with donovan mitchell there's so many concerns i'd have from a Knicks standpoint from a roster because listen when i think about these types of things and hypothetical trades like in my mind i'm a team builder i'm not like a Yes. I'm trying to win a championship. I think I, I agree. Think I'm, 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 a, I'm with you on that. I'm a team builder. And so you have to figure out because we've talked a lot about RJ Barrett's emergence and how does his emergence play with Donovan Mitchell yes. as to someone else who is ball dominant? Where and he RJ wants an Barrett. extension too. Remember, RJ's, yes. RJ's extension eligible, right? He could have got extension this year. They're not going to give him that. He just saw. The two guys who went in front of him in the in the in the draft, Zion, who who's only played one year of basketball over these three years, and Ja just get maxed. So he's gonna want and Darius Garland, 
got an extension max a rookie max too so he, there's there's motivation this year for him and so continue with your point because i know what you're trying to say next yeah and so you've got to you have to figure out how you're going to balance the ball dominance of those two players and then you also have to figure out how you're going to utilize julius randall if you're not going to put the ball in his hand because he was i mean he shot i think it was 17.3 shots per game last year and that was the most on the Knicks roster Yes. And so you have to figure out how are we going to utilize him? And then also you've got Brunson who you just paid $25 million a year mm-hmm. that is also not coming in to play, you know, fifth starter yeah, and not coming and, to be a fourth option or whatever. Right. He's not coming to be a fourth, fifth option. And that's what he would be if, he, if you trade for Donovan Mitchell. And then also from a team building standpoint, I know that in the NBA, you cut your rotation to eight, nine guys in the playoffs, but beyond that starting five, you really get to a place where let's just say hypothetically, cause I don't think the Knicks will give up all four guys. So let's say hypothetically, they, they keep deuce and they keep, they keep quickly. They keep the two guards mm-hmm. and, or no, we'll tell you, we'll say they keep, um, no. Yeah. We'll just do some uh, quickly. So those two guys are coming off your bench and that makes up part of your backcourt. But where else do you go to sign competent players? I mean, you have to fill out in a regular season. You know, injuries happen. Guys have, you know, just lingering things. And in order for the Knicks to compete for a championship, you have to be able to play your way into home court in the playoffs. You have to be able to play your way into favorable matchups. And I don't know how they do that over the course of a full season. A with Tibbs at the helm running those five, that starting five a whole lot, and then B with just nobody, no depth behind those guys mm-hmm. to potentially, you know, give those guys spells of rest. And if and if someone gets hurt, then everything potentially goes wrong. And so, you know, you're not judging that on that experiment all on one season, but over the course of you know, let's call it two years. Um, if that, if it hasn't worked by, you know, the trade deadline of year two, you know, you start to look at it and you just look and you say, you know, Quentin Grimes is doing his thing in Utah and we gave up our next six draft picks or next six first round draft picks, you know, and that's, and that's the question I have for Knicks fans is, you know, it's always like, well, you know, we'll figure out how to fill out the rest of the roster. It's not it's not as simple as it was three years ago where you just sign a bunch of guys on veteran minimums mm-hmm. and just fill out the rest of your roster. The other thing that you're assuming in this scenario is that Donovan Mitchell can operate as a number one option and that RJ Barrett can operate as a number two option on a championship team. Yes. And I don't know that we that's that's still the thing. Like you have to operate trying to win a championship, right? I think that's how you Mm-hmm. You need to operate as a franchise. You just can't operate. All right, we want to go from all right four C two years ago. Last year we were not even in the play. And I think there is so you much. Gotta, you got to operate as if you so want to be a much. champion. I really think there, and I've we've caught a lot of this in the group chat. I think there is a lot of participation trophy in the playoffs type of energy going on with um, with Knicks fans right now who just want to be in the tournament. Yes. To get in but, there, but it's not like the NFL oh, where you're in it and you have a chance to go all the way. This is, it's that's different. Not, it's different in basketball. 
Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's completely different from baseball. It's completely different from all yes, that. Baseball stuff. too. Like, you're in it. In baseball, you're in it. You could be the wild card team, and you could go all the way to World Series and win it. We've seen that plenty of times. And like I said, NFL. We've seen wild card teams win the Super Bowl. You know, and even hockey to an extent. Where we've seen eight seeds go go to the Stanley Cup and all that. But in basketball, if you're the sixth, seventh, eighth seed, guess what? You're probably not going to win a championship. You know, exactly. so it's like, and so that's we, my thing. Do you want to be there? Do you like, do you want to like, yes, it's it better than not making the playoffs and missing it out. Yes. Walker. It is. But what's after like, what what's next? All right. What happens the next year? It's, you don't yeah, like, My question it's, is when you you're, know? my question is when you take the first step and become the five seed, the six seed, what is the next step once you pay RJ? And then all of a sudden you exactly. got this, this massive pay RJ. Now you're gonna be you're gonna be a you might be you might be a luxury tax team and not even be a playoff team, and that's disastrous. And that's another thing, Walk. You just mentioned RJ. You're like, I know RJ had a really good like he improved, right? But if you look deep in those numbers, deep in those numbers, you're like, okay, he still needs a lot of work. Like getting to the basket, he's he's he, he doesn't finish, and you know his effective field goal percentage is like. 30 points lower than it was the year before. And it's like, you know, still need to work on the, the three point shot was, was worse. I mean, he had some good months, but it's like, and I think that's the biggest, I think if Utah was, con, was a hundred percent convinced on RJ, they'd be like, okay, we want RJ back. We don't care if we got to give him an extension. We want RJ back. We think he's going to be a star. They don't think he's going to be that dude or else they'd be like, yeah, give us him. And you know, yeah, like, and I, that's going to be another thing. You're going to have to re-sign RJ Barrett, give him what five years, one fifty, whatever the, the his rookie max is. And now you're going to have Randall on a team who just got a hundred million dollars plus, and you're going to have Brunson who's got a hundred million dollars, and Spiders on his rookie max. That's a hell of an expensive team to maybe be a bottom, you know, two, you know, six, seven, eight seed possibly. So like, you know, there's a lot and of how are you and how are you gambling on. How are you gambling on someone like Donovan Mitchell or RJ Barrett remaining happy with that in the current climate of the NBA? How are you could be like a fourth option making $25 million a year. You know, one of these guys are going to be the fourth option making $25 million a year. Yeah, but I'm talking about the first option. When the first option sees that stuff is not going well and the first option sees that he is not winning with this roster – how are you gambling on the fact that everybody's just going to stay in place and give you like five years to build this thing through free agency? Why are is it, why are they gambling on that? Why are you going to throw away? You've built up this core of young talent, and now you're talking about uh, exchanging the entire thing, Sands RJ, for one guy who may who is not necessarily a bona fide first option on a championship team. Like, we've seen him have individual games and playoffs. They haven't had success advancing in the playoffs multiple times. And last year against Dallas with no Luka, like, they could have, they could have took that and they didn't. Yes, and they completely folded. Yeah, they folded. And so I don't know how, if you're the Knicks, you are gambling on that with that level, with that level of draft picks 
and that level of young talent. And the reason that Knicks fans want that, in my mind, is because they're so tired of being laughed at and they're so tired of being so bad that they're cool with four years of being a five seed, if that's what it boils down to, because it means that they've been competitive for an extended stretch. And I don't think, you know, it's fine for fans to operate like that. I don't think that GMs can operate like that. And we've talked about pressure and saving jobs and that type of thing with Leon Rose. And maybe that's what it is. But I think maybe, too, it's about appeasing the people who are buying your tickets and the guy who's signing your paycheck. And A, putting a star in the arena and then just being in the tournament and competing at the end of the year. And I don't think you can operate a franchise like that. I just don't think you can run a team like that and make and make trades like that. And that's what I think that is for the Knicks because I don't understand, like, if it doesn't work immediately. And I've talked to some people around Vegas who think that the Knicks with Donovan Mitchell are a mid-tier, middle 40s win type team. That's not good. That's not a great basketball team. That's a fine, mediocre basketball team. And that's that's not the goal. So, I mean, in New York... With the current climate, you're going to be able to trade for someone else. Wait for the right thing. And if you're going to trade for someone else or trade for a superstar, then it needs to be a guy that you feel like he's coming in and being a modified number one. Like you can be like, okay, when I'm penciling in how I'm building this team, I can put this guy in the number one slot and be 100% confident that I know this is the guy and that he can operate like this in this market and be successful. Yes, and I don't know what we have, what anyone has seen from Donovan Mitchell outside of he's had great individual performances. Yeah, he's had his moments. He definitely has moments. Show me where he has translated to winning and gotten his team deep into playoffs and made runs. And when and that's the thing, like you have to weigh all of those things if you're the Knicks. Consider when you're weighing up a move for for Donovan Mitchell. I'm also of the opinion that the deal is getting done almost certainly like i'm almost certain that he's getting it that it's getting done and now and there's just a lot of factors right right? because let's say it does happen you get donovan mitchell and now chemistry that's another thing now you got to figure out the chemistry and now you have a backcourt of two guys who are six foot one (laughs) you know and and then you have jalen brunson who walks into tibbs's office and he's like hey man you told me i was going to be initiating offense and kind of running the show here now all of a sudden you've got me running it with another guy who has to have who ball. needs the ball and is not a someone who who's proficient in, in off ball you know type of actions and all that. So it's like I I worry about the chemistry. Yes, it sounds good, right? It sounds good, right? It's sexy. Donovan yep. Mitchell, he's from New York. You know, it sounds good, but I'm just I'm a little afraid of the chemistry. I and this team could be really expensive. Just like that. This team went from also, having all this cap space, and now you just re-signed um, Mitchell Robinson, like four-year 60. You gotta You're going to have to re-up. You got to re-up RJ next year. You just paid Julius Randle. You just paid Jalen Brunson. And, and Spider's going to come in making a whole lot of money. And that's why, like, I get the whole pair him with another star thing, but, I mean, you're betting on someone being willing to take Julius Randle for just because. Like or like or yeah, and you have to hope that happens. Yeah, you have to trade one of these guys. Yeah, and like I and so you're betting on that. And I mean, I don't like. I mean, what value does Julius Randle have to another NBA team? Not none right now. And I I was, 
and I and I was one of the few people that were like I I knew this would happen like his his play would regress and I was like they might have to capitalize while his while the price is hot for him while he was playing such good battle NBA second team and all that but I just knew but I also was like they're not going to let him go because then they'll have no one and then they they can't sell you know after a four seed and, and a home playoff you know series that all right we're going to trade our best the guy who led us there like it wasn't a good selling point you know so I understood that but it was like you know he's going to regress now and I didn't expect him to regress to this extent but he's going to be it's and plus they're not going to trade everyone wants him gone right now right everyone wants to trade but you're not trading an asset his, his I'm telling you the There's Knicks no market. Have to give up draft picks First, to get yes. someone to take. It's him. like Russell Westbrook in a sense. You yeah, know, it's where you literally you have like to add you would have picks. to call. You would have to call San Antonio. You would have to call San. Yep, that's the dog. You would have to call San Antonio and be like, and I'm using San Antonio or Indiana because those are the two teams that have the cap space to do something like that. Yeah. So you would have to call one of those teams and be like, listen, we'll give you Julius Randle and we'll give you a first, an unprotected first round pick way down the line just to take Julius and like, hey, we'll take back just because we have to fill out the rest of the roster. We'll take back like I'll use the Spurs roster since I know what I'm talking about. We'll take like a Josh Richardson just so we have like another wing player. Like we'll take that. We'll save a bunch of – we'll save a good bit of money and whatever else. But like I just – like and that's even a stretch. Like you may even have to give up an extra first if the Spurs are giving you back Josh Richardson. Like – we're giving you a first to take Julius's contract and then also giving you a first because you're throwing in a useful player on a good team. Like, yeah, it's something like, and that that's the type you, of thing you're running into this team and like this with, with the, yeah. Like, like and when you're running partners. into that type of issue, like you're talking about building a roster, you have to, I mean, you have to try to acquire guys like that as well, because if you don't, then you're just, there's no depth. And so you end up, you just end up in a place where when you're building for a championship type deal, if the Donovan Mitchell thing doesn't work, the Knicks aren't competitive again until like the mid 2030s. Yeah. It, like there's a, there's a scenario where the draft, the, where the draft capital thing works out that way. And yes, if it doesn't work, they'll probably sell off pieces and get draft picks back. But there's a scenario where they don't and they ride this thing out and they're not competitive for a really long time. And I just think when you're weighing, when you're weighing that type of decision, I would want more security in my mind that the guy I'm trading for is a bonafide number one. No, I a hundred percent agree. And like they have, they have a lot of decisions to make coming up. Cause like I said, RJ's, you know, well, what if the RJ stuff doesn't, what if he regresses because of RJ all these additions? Like I think he is. You know, and there's a world where people are like, okay, I would. They're not. There's like, there's a RJ RJ Barrett's one of the most polarizing players in the league right now because there's a lot of people who think he's not very good, and there's a lot of people that think he's like a future superstar. Yes, and even you now, know, granted, Chris Bowen, the likelihood. Chris Bowen even said, and Chris Bowen's yeah. a Duke fan. Your guy, you know, like he yeah. was like, yeah, ain't crazy about RJ, and and I could see, I see, and I'm not one of these. Knicks fans are going to be like, oh, you can't, you crap it on RJ and all that. I, I see both sides. I see the side where and I'll say this. he's getting better, but I also see the side where I look at the inside the numbers. Sometimes you got to dig in. You got to, you got to, you got to do some surgery and deep, deep, deep and dive deep into those numbers and be like, okay, yes, he averaged 20 a game. That's cool. That's a nice benchmark, but it wasn't as efficient. You know, he's not get he doesn't get to the line enough. He still does shooting is not there. He doesn't finish well. He's like I said, is is a is um uh, um a lot of things that still need work. And yes, he's a young player. He can get better, of course. 
But if do do the Knicks see him as that? Because that's that's going to come up, and they're going to be like, oh, five years of okay, is, is he? Oh well, and I'll say this. Okay, when you have polarizing, when you have polarizing players like RJ, where there's very far out opinions on either side, the actuality typically falls somewhere in the middle. Yes. So RJ is probably not an all star. RJ also probably does not suck. RJ yes. probably B- is both are true. Fine. RJ is probably just a fine player on a good team, but that's not good enough for the Knicks right now. Like you can't pay him no. the money he wants for that. And trade everything for Donovan Mitchell. Yes, you can't do that. But, but Walker, we're kind of like where the Spurs are right now, right? You guys have a not a lot of good young players, but you don't have that player, right? You don't have that yeah. that the guy that you'd be like, okay, that's that guy in a few years is going to be. You might there's pretty much all that, but yeah, you don't even have an RJ right now, yeah. like where you're like, okay, maybe like he just averaged twenty and he's twenty one, like so the Knicks have that, and, and like I said, it's going to come to a head this year. If RJ regresses, if he regresses, because listen, beginning of last year and and this year, it was it got off to a rocky start, you know, and then he won the playing better, but you know, and how long and how many games does he get before public opinion turns against him again? And it could, and that's what I'm saying. Like everyone loves RJ right now, but do you love RJ at thirty million dollars a year now? <laughs> you know, it yeah. changes. Right. It changes. Money changes everything, right? He can go mm-hmm. from being everybody loved Tobias Harris. Oh, he's super underrated. All that. Then when Tobias Harris got max money, like, yeah, he's kind of overrated. You know, well, no, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Is like that's how you have to watch RJ this year. Like you have to watch RJ through those eyes. You're like, all right, am I watching a thirty million dollar player? I, exactly. I every single time I've watched RJ. And of course, like I say this, and like Knicks fans will be like, oh, you don't watch Knicks game. Shut up. Yes, I do. And like I the answer every single time has been no. Like I think he's a good, I think he's a good, probably a good player on a good team, but I think it's I think he's a middle of the road guy on a good team. Like I think, and that's fine. Like that's not a buzz. That, that is fine. It's just not, not a player. that's it's a good player. player. The guy. But that, that that's what he is. I think, and I agree with you. I agree. I think he's a he's a good player. I don't yeah. know. He may be one of those. He may maybe makes it one sucks that public, it subs it sucks that public perception makes that not okay. But you know how Knicks fans are, bro. Like you, you've seen you yeah, but I'm not I, even blaming them specifically. No, no, no. I'm talking about the league in general. Like when but you the, get drafted that high, being just a good player is no longer acceptable. But that's the thing, like when you're drafted top three and you you know you're playing for New York, you know, you there's more expectation, right? They, everyone wants him to be 25 per, but you know, they want to be John Morant. And then who goes in front of you? Yeah, that's yeah, the other thing is the that's guy who went in front of him is like has single-handedly rebuilt a franchise from the ground, basically. Yes. Like I mean, and, and, he's turned that into a contender, not by himself. That's that's discrediting a lot of people in that organization, but, but he, he is helped, the centerpiece yeah. of what is has rebuilt. He's that. a franchise player, yeah. right? Even Zion, rest, yes, we all know Zion is has not played a lot of basketball, but he's a franchise player. Is RJ in that? Even Darius Garland, you know, he's an all star yeah. this year. Is he? He might be more of a franchise player. Than Darius, is RJ this, a franchise player? I don't think Darius is a franchise player, but I think he's closer to it than RJ is. Yes, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, like Darius, I don't think he's like true number one guy, but he's maybe ahead of it. And and I remember draft day that year. Like, there was some people like, to the Knicks take Darius Garland at three, and at that point, 
you know, uh, that was kind of crazy. I think he had the knee injury, right? I think he had hurt his knee. Well, he got hurt at Vandy, and then at Vandy, and he yeah. also the other problem was that he was at Vandy, and and he was at Vandy, yeah. And yeah, I think those so factors he, in, yeah. And so, like, you a his injury went under the radar, and b yeah, he was injured. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the injury, like, I think maybe he was healthy, but. That was a thought, and it's like, oh no, you can't. You have to take RJ because RJ had the production at Duke and all that. But is RJ a franchise player? And I think that's the biggest thing with the Knicks. And I know we talked about the Knicks, but it's so polarized because, like, and you see all the grades for the Knicks and for agency, everything's incomplete because this is going to dictate a lot of things. And then going forward, okay, is RJ? Are you going to give RJ to Mac? You got all these guys making a hundred million dollars on the team. Are you going to give him a hundred? I just think RJ, I think RJ getting the max and trading for Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's the most likely outcome, by the way. I think, I think that that's a losing formula. I think it's a, I think it's very much a five, six seed for the next, for however long the players are willing to cooperate and stay around. And for some fans, that's cool because the Knicks have been incompetent for the last 20 years. We have one playoff series win since two, since making the finals. That's, against and that's Spurs. not okay. Yeah, and that's, that's, not, that's not okay with me. Like, I'm seeing the bigger picture. Like, yes, I want to make the playoffs. I want to play and play meaningful playoff games. But, like, like what happened two years ago, being the fourth, I had a – I'm like, it could go bad the next year. Like, things aren't just going to be, oh, we're going to go from a four seed to the two seed. We didn't do anything – significant enough to go from a four seed to being you know a top a box four seed at that like let's we're back include- to being a four seed you know we didn't do anything like that and I, and then like it was fool's golden and i'm thinking like what did that hurt us really because like we we were better than what we were but we were we're, we're not as good as we thought and being in that it's kind of tricky and now you have a, a regime that might be a little under the under pressure you know, yeah. the, the Leon and World Wide West and, and Scott Perry, they might be feeling it. And it's like when you get GMs like that, that and, and organized front offices that are feeling it, they do sometimes irrational things. And I don't know. This 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 is, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. and But I agree with a lot of things you said. Is he a true number one? And is he going to go, make you make the New York Knicks go from – no playoffs to being a you know at least a conference finals team. And I just I'm just thinking that that young know. four and six draft picks gets you a lot better than Donovan Mitchell. And also and, when is Danny and also I'm skeptical about dealing with Danny Ainge. Like that's a whole nother part part of this process. Like if yeah. he accepts a trade, you're likely getting the raw end. Like, yes. And everyone always says like oh you if you get the player you win the trade. No, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. Assessment. Ask the Brooklyn Nets how they feel about that. Exactly. Last exactly. time, and specifically dealing with Ainge, and they got three players. Yeah, they got and an they, entire core. Yeah, they got their whole. I mean, look, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like they got a lot of guys from that trade. So it's like, I don't know. I'd be skeptical. I know we're hearing rumblings that it could happen, and. There was an offer initially that the Knicks rejected. I mean, we're talking about well, but six like eight the, the offers that got published. They said the Knicks were like there was some thoughts that night that it was getting done. It was getting Knicks done. It was eventually, like, yeah. which tells me that the price doesn't have to come down a whole just a whole lot. And I think Ains shot for the moon and of is going to settle yeah, for yeah, the stars. Yeah. Well, because like he's, he's like oh, I can get 
he's like, if I can get these dumbasses to consider this, then when Desperate. I come down to what is like, yeah, like he's going to go and be like, if I can get these idiots to consider this price and them getting cl- and them get close to accepting that, then I'm going to come down to something that is still above what I actually want mm-hmm. by a good bit. And I'll get them to accept it because they think they're getting a deal. They're thinking I'm compromising and coming more their way. Really, I'm just like, really, I'm just settling still above my bar, but it's just a little less above my bar, if that makes sense. Like, he's shooting so far beyond what he would probably willingly accept. If I'm the Knicks, like, there's a price where it's like, okay, this is the final offer. I'm not going past this point. If you want to play Donovan Mitchell with that team next year, fine, go for it. Yeah, cool. We, we got a- and Utah and Utah is probably like okay, and we've got a problem now. Yeah, and you, you, because like I mean what like I mean we we can't they can't play Donovan Mitchell with that team next year. No, they can't. can't. I you mean you're purgatory at that point. No, you can't. And they're they're embracing the tank, right? It is you know they they uh, Royce O'Neal got traded to the Brooklyn for a first round. Like they're, they're tank. They're 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 Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge wants to do it his way. He wants to restart. You know, he got there last year. He wants to restart. He wants to do it his way. He wants his imprint. He sees Utah, and, like, that's where you don't want to be. You don't want to be stuck, right? They had the you know, number one seed, but, they, you know, they got bounced in the second round. You don't want to be there because then, then you're stuck, and now you got an expensive team that gets bounced in the first round against Dallas, and you don't want to be there. And that's my thing with the Knicks. I don't want to be in that situation where, yes, making the playoffs is good and all that, but there's only so much – of getting bounced in the first round year after year, or maybe making a second round appearance that you can take. The goal should always be building it, building your way towards a championship team. And this is a big question, whether this move will make them put them in the right direction to be a championship. team. I know Knicks fans want to make playoffs, but this, this is something that you got to think about. And, uh, but you can't go both ways. You can't, if it does happen, you, you, you can't just, be like, all right, we're going to give you the bottom tier of our roster and and, uh, a few picks. It doesn't work. You got to give up a lot to get them. And, you know, big questions in New York. I know we talked a lot about, but it's such a polarizing situation that's going on because it it could really, uh, how how do the Knicks look going forward this? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. So uh, let's get to the DeAndre Ayton stuff. Cause that, that stuff has been really crazy. How that up. Obviously, everything that happened in the playoffs with them, you know, eight in the last game where they got absolutely <laughs> obliterated by by yeah, Dallas. Like, I mean, like, yeah, it, it was embarrassing. Through the second, quarter, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's one of the most embarrassing losses in NBA playoff history, especially for a team that won what they won sixty five games. Yep, you know, coming off a finals appearance where they were up two zero and like the championship was right in there, like you know they had the the mean with the fishermen, like oh you almost there. Like they they were this close. Like they, they had the series, they blew it. They come. You don't see teams like that that blow it come back and are better, right? They win sixty five games. Booker's great. All these you know all NBA, all this stuff. Chris Paul's playing good. Kel Bridges, all these you know, and then they implode in the playoffs against, and then the whole eight and stuff with Monty Williams happens, you know, and 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 no extension for him during the season. You know he wants his money. And, you know, essentially we thought he may be part of a trade package to get Kevin Durant and all that. And then he goes to Indiana and signs the biggest offer sheet in NBA history. And like you, we talked about this before, like they, all the provisions and all that were like, all right, we're going to do, we have to put everything in this contract that will make the Suns be like, 
all right, they're we're not even gonna bother. And that's what they did, right? And then all for the Suns to like literally when the offer sheet happens, like well, you got 48 hours to match, and it was a matter of it was a what uh you know a hundred minutes. It, it was three like they I think I think Woj said three minutes it took, like and, uh, so that's a hundred what I can't do math, 180 seconds. That's how yeah. quick it was. And and I'm sure if you're and DeAndre it must be like what the like you was like what like he's just flabbergasted because you know here's a team that clearly did not want him they did not they they've said they don't they don't think he's a max player and they just all they just re-signed him as a max now they're paying him less as if they were you know a year less and i think about three to five mil you know less you know per that they would have gave him if they would have given him the contract originally but it's it's a very odd situation because i can't think if you're Aiton, they you're happy right now. Like you can't Dude, be. I, I guess you get you're getting your money, which is good, right? Obviously, you, you you know we're not we're not crying for him that he's making you know all this money, but I'm I'm just saying it's still going to be a bit uncomfortable coming back to a team that doesn't want you, but they just re-signed you simply because you know they didn't want to lose an asset, you know essentially. So like. How does that dynamic work? Does it start with Monty Williams? Like, and that that relationship was fractured. Um, but like, how, how do you feel about this? Because it's, it's 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 very very crazy and weird. Well, and like that. you have to go in and attempt to make that right, but now it's been in public that you don't think that he's good enough to earn the max. Yes, and now he's exactly. on the max, and you can't trade him. Yes, and so it's just one of those weird things where, I mean, they're for sure going to tough it out for this year. And then maybe they work with Aiton with three years left on his deal and move him. But like, I don't know how this year goes well at all because you have to try to, I mean, you have to try to work and get the best out of Aiton that you can get. And, you know, Phoenix isn't happy that they're paying him, paying him what they're paying him. Aiton's not happy that he's there. Indiana's pissed that they didn't get the player they wanted. Yeah. Like, all of these things, like it really just didn't work out for anyone. It was just kind of a disaster class. And um yeah, I just I really don't understand. If I was Phoenix, I would have been trying to work in that eight hours trying to work some sort of sign and trade with Indiana. Like be like, all right, let's just get what we can get out of this, maybe get Miles Turner, and then we'll use the money that we didn't spend on Aiton to go find some other key player to throw in Duarte, here. Duarte, you know, could have got Miles Turner and, and Duarte, you know, some type of that, you know, that's a solid, you know, return, but it, it's wild. I mean, it, it's, I just, it, it's crazy to think the Suns, you know, that championship window we thought maybe was greater and then what happened to playoffs. And it's like, this is going to be a very, you know, we got a declining Chris Paul. They just gave how much that, you know, a, a max to, uh, to Booker. You know, they got bridges they gave a, an extension to. He didn't really show up in the playoffs, especially offensively. You know, there's there's a lot of questions. I I, I think, you know, I, 65 wins, I don't see that happening. I just, I quite, I'm going to question that chem, the chemistry going on because I, I really feel like Aiden does not want to be there. And and that's the that's the weird thing about restricted free agency. Like, you, 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 they don't, they don't want you, but they can match it. And like, I think that dynamic is, is going to be something that we're going to have to see. And and like I say, he can't even get traded to Indiana. Even if you want to be in Indiana, he can't get traded there for like a year. So Indiana gets screwed because they want him. They're willing to give him the money and he can't even go there. 
and, and you know that's that's the wild part about this whole you know restrictive free agency it's like like and I, we've seen this a few times you know in restrictive free agency but that's that's just the business of restrictive free agency like you know teams can match you know and they match pretty quick and it's crazy they 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 don't want him they don't think he's a max player but yet they matched in a matter of minutes and but that right. also hurts their chances of you know we hear the kd stuff that hurts their chances of getting kevin durant you know because now they have to wait and that's a whole nother thing and um do you, and so that transitions to me to to the to kevin durant and, and we'll cap and we'll end it with that do, i think he's gonna end up back in brooklyn i, I think now the suns is off the table now and the other team he liked was miami miami does not have the assets to get him straight up they would have to essentially have get a third team involved but now the third team that another team that was maybe involved is just out of the picture now in phoenix so there's no team that is a going to give up the pieces right we just saw how many picks go to minute you know in the minnesota deal for gobert to utah like kevin durant hall is probably an even more historic haul, you know, that, that they, you know, that uh, Bobby March wants to return. I think he ends up back in Brooklyn. I think he's going to have to end up back in Brooklyn. We saw the, we saw the toss, uh, the toss proposal with new Orleans where it was like, yeah, like give us, Oh God, I can't remember the number. Um, it was like Ingram and Larry Nance and then like a couple first and the Pelicans are like, now we're good. And when you yeah. get teams like that being like, now we're good, you're not getting what you're asking for. And you can't just trade Kevin Durant to trade Kevin Durant. You may have to just tell Kevin Durant, be like, Hey man, listen, like we're not cratering this franchise for you. So sorry, man, you're going to have to suck it up. Like, exactly. I think, I think that's going to happen. I think the trade market for Kevin Durant is not that, Nobody wants Kevin Durant. Obviously, every team would would love Kevin Durant on their team. It just it's not really easy to get him because you would have to essentially gut your roster, and then you have Kevin Durant and just a bunch of guys. And I love Kevin Durant. I think he's arguably the best player in the league. Him or Giannis, to me, that's a toss up right now. But let's not act like he's actually you know been able to do a lot with just whoever. Like he's not LeBron, where LeBron could take me, you, Mo and take you to the finals it's kevin durant it's not that you know that that level still obviously you know an elite an elite player but i just think the market i think the nets thought the market was gonna be rare hot teams are gonna be lining up giving up everything and that's not the case at all teams are just like eh, okay kate it's kd but you know he got injury history he's 34 or he's gonna be 34 all right and you know we're going to give you all these picks. Now, the only thing that would be good for those teams is that they have him for under contract. You know, it's not like he's, he's a year left and like, all oh, you know, but that's the trade market isn't there for KD. And the team that he wants to go to, the number one team, well, they put themselves in a situation now. and now they're out of the question till January. You know, so like, I think he stays in Brooklyn. Now, I don't know about Kyrie. I don't know how what happens with Kyrie now. Um, I think they want out with Kyrie. I don't think they want Kyrie at all. But he has no – it's kind of like with Julius Randle we talked about before. He has no market. The only There's one team, one team that, that can make it happen, but they have nothing 
a value that Brooklyn wants. And does Brooklyn want, if you bring back KD, do they want Westbrook? And just to get a 20, what, 2027 or 2029 first round? No, I think, no, I think there's more than one team that could make it happen where it makes sense. I think Toronto makes a lot of sense because, I mean, and they've been on the phone and talked about that. But I think the problem with that is that Brooklyn is not going to say yes to a Kevin Durant trade to Toronto if Scotty Barnes isn't returning. And Toronto- well, that's the thing, and 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 I'm glad you brought up Toronto because and and that was and that was the thing Mo was going to talk about too before he left, and I, I I forgot to bring it up with him, but the the we talked about there's obviously the two teams he wants to go to Miami and uh, Phoenix probably can't happen. Miami could happen, but there's a lot of other factors. Brooklyn's going to want Bam out of bio. They can't get Bam out of bio without trading Ben Simmons because you can't have two guys on rook- that you trade for on rookie max deals. So because of that weird thing. So you can't make that happen unless you get another third team and you trade Ben Simmons and get Ben Miles somehow in a third, three team, 14 trade. So finally, you know, allow Ben Simmons pa- to become the future spur that he deserves to be. <laughs> so you got the so team p- people have brought up the Pelicans, obviously, because they got a lot of good young pieces. Right, they got a player in Brandon Ingram who's who's been compared to KD, who's very similar, right? Six eleven guy, long long arms and all that. And then um, uh, you just I just blacked out on the team you just talked about. Um, um, what team did you just say? Blacked out on the team. The Raptors. Um, the, Raptors. the Raptors. The Raptors. Yeah, Toronto Raptors. Sorry, you know, if the Raptors aren't willing to trade Scotty Barnes, they're not going to. Brooklyn's not going to. So like, and then but then you would have to sell KD on. Now they could sit him because KD doesn't have a no trade clause, so they could trade KD to Toronto if if that's if Toronto says, "Yeah, we'll trade you, we'll trade Scotty Barnes, we'll give you Scotty yeah. Barnes." Yeah. Brooklyn's gonna do that if they get everything and they get they get um if they get Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes and whoever else. It would look like Gary Trent, OG Ananobi, and then future draft picks probably. Yeah, and like you would just have to be convinced that OG is going to develop into something more than what he currently is. Yeah. Especially offensively, so like, and maybe and maybe like Gary, it may be Gary Trent, OG, and like Precious Achua, yeah, and then like future draft picks, and like that's probably as good as Brooklyn's gonna get. I think that's why you saw like a lot of odds on Toronto cratering because it was just like Phoenix viably can't do this without Aiton, and the and the Nets don't want Aiton, so like Toronto's really the only logical team to me that can really make something happen straight up. That's the and, only team that can do something. And, and again, so we talked about Danny Ainge winning trades. I don't really see Masai making a trade that is going to like hurt his franchise and a trade that he's not going to win. I just don't see it. Yeah. Like, and that's why I just don't, I don't think Scotty's available. For that type no, of move, I, and especially because either. these GMs and these presidents of basketball operations, they know what the market for these players is. They know what other teams are thinking. They know what other teams want to do. Mm-hmm. He knows that the only way Kevin Durant is getting moved if his is if it's getting if he's getting moved to his team. So he's not going to allow a move to his team for anything more than what benefits him. Yep. And Brooklyn, no. and for Brooklyn, that's not good enough. So. No. And that's okay. Like, I think Brooklyn is doing the right thing by playing hardball and being like, if we can't get what we what we need to get to keep this franchise relevant and be in a better place after all this, then we're not going to do it. And this this could possibly have been the move from the jump. Like, we really don't want to get rid of KD. And yeah, they're on vacation now. Yeah, like we're we're just going to ask for the we're going to ask for you know a package that we know we're not getting 
a return. And that could, I'm not saying that's the case, but that could be like, hey, you know, eventually we're not going to get what we want, right? Because we're asking for a lot. Right? Two, two all-stars. Like, not a lot of teams have two all-stars that you can just give up. And, and young players like that, like a Scotty Barnes. We you know, don't even have one. Yeah, like some teams don't even have one, you know, star, like maybe all-star, let alone two. Two is, you know, that's, you know, and, and the part two, got, if you got two all-stars, they're making probably a lot of money. So that's not even feasible. So I, I think he ends up back in Brooklyn. I think they just run it back. And it. I think you have to get everyone in a room and be like, hey, you, you, you need to figure this out. All right, Ben Simmons, you need to play. Kyrie, we only got you for one more year. Can you just be, can you just, be normal. Be normal for one more year. Like, there's no vac- There's no more vaccine stuff, right? So you don't got to worry about the vaccine stuff unless you go to Toronto. All right? Whatever. That's that's, that's four games out of the year. All right? Unless we play in the playoffs. Dude, it's, it's two games out of the year. Oh, yeah, two games. Yeah, yeah. Four overall, but two. You have to go to Toronto twice. But, like, but race out. KD, you want it out. Okay. We know everything. A lot of the stuff that's happened in Brooklyn was because of, the, the 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 virus right the covid and all that so a lot of stuff is not because of them it's because of the outside stuff that is not controllable right so we have to give them that right that is a huge factor like a lot of that stuff like Kyrie didn't just not want to play basketball he just chose he did not want to get the vaccine to play basketball and that's is right that is his 100 right and a lot of the New York rules because it was weird because you know, Bradley Bill is not vaccinated, but he's allowed to come to the to New York and play. But Kyrie can't play. It didn't make sense, and that derailed their season, right? Because they were at one point they were playing really good basketball. Katie's an MVP with front run MVP. They're playing good ball, and and, and even without Ky- with Kyrie and all that, with Harden and 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 KD. Then Harden's like, oh, he ain't playing. All right, I got to get out of here. They trade him and, and all that. So like, you have to get them in a room. Josai, Bobby Marks, KD, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and be like, hey, KD, you're not getting traded. We're not, we did not get what we want. We wanted something. We wanted, we, what we wanted, we couldn't get for you. Sorry. All right. Nobody and, the wants two, you. and no, and the market is not as, as hot as you think it is. And the two teams that want you, they can't get you. So that's gone. All right. We could trade you, but you're going to go to New Orleans or you're going to go to, you're going to go to Canada. All right. So we, we Kyrie, just be cool for one year. Cause then you can leave. Go wherever you want after that. We got you for one more year. Ben, just freaking play basketball. Like, and if you if you could tell, hey, we have a championship team, guys. We have a champ. We still we if if they if Katie, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, they all come back. The odds for Brooklyn to win the championship are going to be up there, right? They're going to be up there with the Warriors in Boston. You guys have a championship team. A championship level team. Let's work this out for you. And if it fails, guess what? Kyrie is gone. All right. Kyrie's gone. And we could figure it out with Ben Simmons. But for this year, hey, we got to run it back. And that's that simple. All right, KD, we can't trade you. We cannot trade you. You got four years left on your contract. All right. We tried to. Guess what? We didn't get what we want. Guess what? At the end of the day, you got four years left on your contract, bro. Figure it out and let's play. Kyrie, stop being crazy. Just for one, just for one more year, and Ben play. And if they can get them in the room and get them to vibe, then you gotta run it back. And that's the only way. And I think at the end of the day, it's gonna happen. I don't know. Maybe they still want to 
you know, loading Kyrie, but there's only one team I think that Kyrie can realistically go to that that'll that that even wants him right now, and I think that's the Lakers. But that you can't have a team with Ben Simmons, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and KD. Yeah. KD, you just he might not even show up. He might just be like, whatever. Like he'll pull a Kyrie, yeah, or, or ben, he might pull a Ben Simmons and be like, I ain't, I ain't playing. I don't even know whatever. what the vibes would be like with Russ and in the locker room for the first no. time since. OKC. And then Ben Simmons, like that's just not a. And then you know what the problem that team is too is no Alf. They needed like a PJ Tucker type player to be like, hey you, 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 get your ass over here, work this thing out. You three, the you guys are some of the best players in the world. Get, get, get here and let's work. We gotta. We have a chance to win a championship. That's the problem. KD's not an alpha. KD, KD just wants the ball. And I get it. But KD can control a lot of this stuff. He is arguably the best player in the world. He, he can control a lot of things. And he just was like, eh, whatever happens, happens. And that's fine. I get that's fine. But your legacy is on the line. Nobody cares about Kyrie's legacy, right? Because at the end of the, at, when the Kyrie's career is over, and when everything settled, we'll be like, oh, he was the, the crazy guy that was just, he didn't want to play and all that. But yeah, remember he hit the shot against, you know, the Warriors in 16? But with Kevin Durant, he's always going to have the leg. He's a legacy player. And this three years have hurt his legacy a bit. Because guess what? The team he left, they just won a championship. You know? And, and I just think he needs to have more control as you are Kevin freaking Durant. I think he, need to, he needed to have more control and be like, hey, we need to figure this thing out. You know, hey, Kai, be more be more of that leader that you need. And if he doesn't do that, then guess what's going to happen if he comes back? They're going to have another down year, and then people are going to talk about him. You know, oh, well, you know, he needed to do only way he won championship is because he went to Steph Curry's team and all that. And then Steph Curry just won championship without him. I don't know. But I think it comes back. They come back, and they, they're probably going to be title favorites. And, but I just don't know how that chemistry is going to work. But I think they're going to have to run it back another year, at least, at least one more year. Yep. You know, because there's no market for him. <laughs> you no know, and the, and the two, like you said, the two teams that he wants to go to can't go to, and the other two teams we just mentioned, they, they, I don't. If I'm New Orleans, I wouldn't do that. I like what we have, especially if Zion gets healthy. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, Trey Murphy look good in summer league. You, you know, you got Herb Jones, you know, got some pieces. Oh, who'd they take this year? Uh, Dyson Daniels. Yep. They got some pieces. Jackson Hayes came on a little bit late last year. You know, they got something there. I wouldn't want to mess that up. I know it's KD, but I want to mess this, mess that up. And Toronto too. You got something nice there. Scotty Bond, rookie of the year. Fred Van Lee was an all-star last year. You know, Gray Trank is, is, is a bucket. You know, they OG, you know, you know, Boucher, they got some guys. So I don't, that market is, I think it's dried up. And I think KD's is going to have to, him and Rich Kleiman just going to be like, we're well, going to have to go back. <laughs> yeah. And we got to make amends though. But you have to, everyone's got to go in again in a room together in Brooklyn and be like, hey, all right, I did want out because I didn't like what things are going. But hey, you know, let's figure this out because we're going to have to figure it out. Because <laughs> are you gonna play and have all this turmoil again? Like, there's no, there's no vaccine rules no more. So that's that's one big thing that's out, right? So there's no more work. Kyrie's gonna be able to play. Kyrie wants to play, and then like he didn't want to play. It wasn't the injury? Because that's the big thing with Kyrie has been injuries, right? He's always getting hurt. He got hurt two years ago, and they could have went and been a championship team two years ago. You know when KD's foot was on the line and all that that year. So like, 
There's no more of that. Kyrie may be on a like, hey, if for in order me to get the bag again, I got to be a good soldier this year. I can't, I can't bitch and complain. I just got to play ball. And Ben Simmons, man, if he wants his stock to get back up, you know, because even after back surgery, he's smiling and, and, and like, oh, I'm walking. Like, it's just a lot of bad optics with that. They need to fix their optics. Their optics are horrible right now. And they need to get in the room, fix that, all that. Because if, if not, then they, it's going to be another disastrous year. And, and, this, and it'll be the, the, the biggest disappointment in NBA history, this, this what happened. Because they already lost James Harden. And all that, and they don't have their picks, so they got to make it work. So, got to figure it they, out. Got to figure it out. They they have to figure it out, Walker, or else it's going to be a disaster. Uh, but uh, I think they're going to run it back. But um, um, that that's that's going to be it for this show. This is this is a lot of fun. We got to talk about a whole bunch of things. NBA free agency, uh, trades we liked. You know, we got to, we got Walker to talk about the Knicks for like forty minutes. You know, uh, <laughs> you know all that. Yeah. Uh, we got talked about Miami, talk about the Spurs, and all that. Um. Um, they're embracing the tank, right? They're gonna embrace yeah. the tank. You think yep. they're embracing the tank, and they'll probably get the number one pick, and they'll get Victor Wembanyama, and uh, they'll be a dynasty for twenty years because that's how they do, right? Yeah, they, that's how uh, we do it. They know, you know, they, you know, uh, what happened? Uh, Dave Robinson breaks his foot, and they get Tim Duncan, and then you know, twenty years later, they got five rings. So that's gonna happen because teams like that just know how to. They finesse the system, right? They, you know, and yeah. then they'll have a well. My team can't figure out nothing, but um. Well, we'll see what happens. Spider, we'll see Donovan Mitchell's and New York Nick. You know, we'll see if the, what package they give up, or do the Knicks stay firm and be like, yeah, we're not too much. You know, eight in situation. That's going to be something that's going to be inter- interesting to see how that goes. And then the KD, the KD drama in Brooklyn. Um, I think he's going to be only coming back. Walker thinks he's going to come back, so we'll see what happens with that. But on that note, you know, thanks for everyone who's tuned into the show. Um, you know, like I said, we had a lot of fun. You know, had Mo uh VP off the ball network, Mo Murphy was on with us. Um, like I said, hell of a show we had, and uh we got more we're gonna have more in in the in the works, a lot of things coming up. But uh before we sign off, Walker, tell the good people where they can find you and if you got anything coming up. Yeah, so I mean, first off, just check off all the all the good work at off the ball network.com yes, and uh follow everybody over there at the network. Just lots of stuff coming up. Um Lots of stuff that's going to be new uh, heading into football season. We're kind of in that dry period for sports right now. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, so check out all that stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at WalkerBailey8. And I'll kind of be working on some stuff ahead of football season, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. So. Yes, yes. So, um, uh, we got some potential big news coming up. You know, um, I'm going to keep that in the wraps until we get the, you know, signed, uh, you know, Get the T's crossed or whatever that's saying. A T's crossed and the I's dot. Is that does that? Yeah, that's I think I got it right. I think I got it right. All right. I'm I'm not the brightest bowl, but I get something right. But got some things coming. Make sure you follow um OTB underscore network on Twitter, off the ball network on Facebook. Follow us, you know, uh make sure to to leave us a sub, a like on the YouTube if you're listening, watching. Um, like I said, follow off the ball network, uh, OTB underscore network on Twitter for some uh some potential big news coming up. Um, that I'm really excited about. So, um, we'll, we'll, you know, hopefully that happens soon. And uh, you can follow me at Off the Ball Pod on Twitter, um, Instagram on Off the Ball Pod. Um, and you could follow the show. Uh, I got the, the, the podcast on Off the Ball uh, Podcast, and it's also streaming on our both our Facebook, on my Facebook, Off the Ball Pod, and on the network, Off the Ball Network. Doc, um, uh, podcast. I'm Off the Ball Network on Facebook. 
Um, I'm most active on the, on Twitter, on Off the Bull Pod. You can follow my personal. I forgot my personal handle. I don't even know it anymore. Um, but uh, go follow us. Like I said, make sure to follow Walker, follow um, Mo Murphy, follow everyone at the network. We got a lot of good things. We got some new writers. I got some good some good content coming up, and we got a lot of things in store. A lot of big things on the horizon. So excited about that. So on that note, be well, be safe, take care. Like I said, make sure to follow everyone at the Off the Ball Network. Uh, we got more um, NBA stuff coming up. Uh, NFL season is about to get, you know, um, going. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the, the football season very soon. Talking, you know, about Walker's Titans. Talking about my Giants. Some optimism finally. You, you know, know so we'll, you know, uh, you know, Giants Titans is Week One, right? Yes, and Giant. And so me and Walker are gonna be getting into it Week One. Um, so we'll, we'll have a bunch of football stuff uh, going on. Baseball off season is obviously in full swing. Betting, um, it isn't, you know, uh, we got a lot of good betters, you know, Walker bets. I, I'm not good at it. Not very good at it. Um, but, uh, you know, Ken's good. And, and we added a few more, uh, betting guys to the network. So on that note, be well, be safe, take care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the off the ball network on, and, uh, be well, take care guys. Thanks for watching.